0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Galactic Zoo radio show and podcast with me, your host with the most Tony Marese broadcasting to you live or almost live from the centre of the known universe here in North London, my shed at the end of my garden. Um hope wow. you're all feeling well. I've got a very special guest with us on the show today, Mr. Timothy John. Timothy, how are you? Very good, thank you. Good, good to be on the show with you. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, where are you, Tim? Tell us whereabouts you are in the country, just not exactly, no postcodes, but where you are. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, yeah, I'm on the coast, on the south coast, I'm uh, near Worthing.
0: Nice part of the country. Um, Timothy, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you, what your history is, kind of brief, kind of like synopsis of what you're about and your background and your kind of like you're, you're you're a minister basically. That's why you're here. Yeah, that's
1: that's true. Yeah, I, I trained trained in the ministry. Um, privileged, I went to uh, three did three Bible schools, which is quite good. Uh, did one up in London, Spurgeon's, which a lot of people probably know. I uh, did that for about a year. Um, did one more locally. And I also did another one by an international school, which I did a correspondence for a whole load of other people as well. So it wasn't just for me. And that took us about eighteen months to complete. So I've done a lot of biblical uh, study and research. Um, really came into the kingdom around eighty nine uh, when I heard an ex uh, felon give his testimony, and I could see the reality of what he was sharing. Uh, and that really spoke into my life. So, really from about 89, 90 onwards, I started meeting some very interesting people. One of them was uh, a New Zealander called uh, Barry Smith. Right. And he introduced to me to a lot of uh, what people are probably very familiar with now. The Illuminati, the occult, the Bilderbergers, the One World Government and things like
0: that. So so, so he, he introduced you into that, that kind of, um, more kind of like nefarious part of reality before yeah. you before you was even a, trained as a minister. C- correct. I was very much into uh, looking at all
1: these things. I've always been very inquisitive about different things. Um, I think a lot of the people I've woken who are very aware of what's been going on over the last two years, uh, a lot of people seem to be people who sort of fit in society, but don't really fit in society. Um, they've always, they can go so far in the system, but then don't feel very comfortable. And because we ask questions, we start pushing the boundaries a little bit. And I think that's been a very good thing. That's, that's why a lot of people are aware and awake at the moment, because they've asked questions they didn't fully fit. But now they do. Now we do very much fit in. And we're all starting to come together and form communities uh, in this country and across the earth, which is an exciting thing.
0: Very exciting. So, yes. So,
1: uh, so... He was the one who got me into looking at all these different things. And right. Henry Kissin- Kissinger back then was the one he was talking about quite a lot, uh, who was formulating all these groups and connecting all the one world government together
0: and so just for 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 listeners so they can they know where where they are in terms of where you are are you are you would you say you're a practicing christian for example would you would you categorize yourself as a christian
1: uh i'm sort of i sort of rephrase what i am now to to agree i'm a i'm a believer in yahweh in Yeshua um that i'm a a son of yahweh we are joint as kings and priests we're his ambassadors on a um, cause the word Christian sort of get a lot of Chris, you got Christianity, uh, is almost being taken and made into a religion and it's not really flying in the full tenets that, uh, you sure intended for us to be flying in. You wanted us to be free. You wanted us to be free people who had direct access to the father through the son.
0: We shouldn't be going through mediators. So Yahweh is what we um, would call God, and Yeshua is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So can you can you just fill us in a little bit? Where did um where did the name Jesus come from? How did that kind of get lost in? How did Yeshua get lost in the equation? Then Jesus become the prominent name for Christians, etc. It's, it's translations.
1: Everything. Everything that we tend to read in Bibles is translated out of original texts and the original texts tend to be in Hebrew and all the early disciples were were Hebrews and so we speak Hebrew and so they would write in Hebrew and they would also write in Greek and Latin because they were very well learned all the disciples Jesus had could speak multiple languages And so I I believe, and we we have some copies. I think Matthew, we have a copy of Matthew in Hebrew. But the Vatican has done a good job of locking up most of the Hebrew New Testament and wanting people to see the New Testament is only written in in Greek, which is a philosophical language, whereas Hebrew is a heart language.
0: So do you think the kind of corruption of... Let's let's use Jesus's real name here throughout the rest of this um yeah, chat. Yeah, I mean yes sure. who we mean when we say it. yes. Yeah, so do you think that the the word of yeshua was corrupted from early on in Christianity so perhaps at, at the time of Constantine is it Constantine that, that that were kind of when they chose all the books to go in the Bible? Uh, absolutely. You started it,
1: it got quite badly corrupted there, but it actually started even earlier Um, the Old Testament uh, was translated into Greek 300 years before Yeshua came and about 150 years after it had been translated into Greek a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees were starting to get a little agitated because people were using the name Yahweh and they thought, well, no, we can't have that so they then changed it to Adonai So 150 years later, Yeshua arrives, and they're all going around talking about Adonai, which means Lord. Mm. So when Yeshua arrives, they're not using the name of his Heavenly Father. and There's nowhere in the Old Covenant where he says we shouldn't be using his name, he actually encourages us to use his name. And um, so then when people start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they start getting a realization. Why did he why keep getting upset when he's using the name? Because he's saying, I am Yahweh, and I am Yahshua. And that was getting them really hot under the collar, because they didn't like it. And that's why they're saying, oh, it's blasphemy. He's using the name Yahweh, and he's
0: identifying himself as Yahweh. I mean, uh, Yahshua never had a good time... It's never anything around him has never been easy going, has it? Let's face it. It's always there's always been some kind of problem. Even to this day, there's four hundred over four hundred branches of Christianity, isn't there? So it's it's a very kind of divided outlook on on his teachings. Absolutely. I mean, that's the enemy's plan, isn't it? Divide and conquer. Yeah.
1: Always. Uh, the denominations. The Catholic Church, the Anglican Church you know mm-hmm. it's all about dividing and then they all go off into different dogma or doctrines and then the doctrines divide you and you can have one Baptist sect believing in one but then another Baptist, Baptist area will believe in something
0: slightly different with their doctrine So in, and... in regards to the Bible though what, what kind of aspects of or, or books of the Bible or parts of the Bible do you take as kind of, as gospel one for, for a better word but um, pun intended what would you take <laughs> as gospel yeah, what do you take as gospel if, if I was a Christian and I kind of you know I went by I lived by the Bible I'd read the Bible and I met you and you and you had words with me about it what would you advise me about in regards to what parts of it I could kind of trust or I could say yes that's the original word of Yeshua Okay, that, that's a really good question I,
1: th- I think we have to realise they're all when we're because we're in England, we're reading out of English Bibles. If we went to France, they'd be they'd have for French Bibles, right? Yeah. And if you go to Spain, it would be Spanish. So they're all translations. So even in the translations, that you still have so much truth in there, but it's just being aware that some of the things have been slightly altered or changed or not changed or kept untranslated out. So there's enough, in all those books, to bring people into living faith with the Messiah. Uh, but it's it's looking, you keep contending you want to go back to more original. So it's like you know you find you know a really great poem. You say okay, well who wrote this? Well we're not sure. You start going back and finding the original author of that that specific poem. So it's going back to more the original source the best you can. Mm. And because we've got computers today, it's a lot easier. There's some very good programs. You've got uh, the Blue Letter Bible is very good. That's a free app available. People can download on the computers or their smartphones. Um, The C C for Bible app is excellent. That's probably one of the most accurate uh, translations we have or I've come across at the moment. And that's got all Ushur's names translated out correctly. It it's an excellent, excellent app. And you've got, old, you've got books put back in as well. You've got Enoch, Jubilees, Japheth, Maccabees. You've got other books which have been taken out, put back in. And they've also been put back in more chronological order as how they would have been read as well.
0: Yeah. So tell us, you just mentioned there the Book of Enoch. That's quite a famous um, emitted, omitted book, isn't it? So give us the kind of outline of what what's in the book of Enoch that would be kind of quite startling or a bit of a revelation to people that are not aware of the book of Enoch? But the book of Enoch sort of, gives, it, it sort of gives more detail
1: to what's going on in Genesis before the flood. And Enoch uh, walks with the father and he, he walks right out of this earth, right into heaven. He never dies. And very similar to Elijah. And then Jesus, well, you sure it does that later. Um, he, he goes to the end of the earth. He describes uh, Antarctica. He describes the, the dome that we live in. He describes how we live in an enclosed system. Uh, he also talks about his engagement with the fallen angels. He goes on to describe what happens with the fallen angels and who they are. And I think one of the big ones which come out of that is the fact he describes the name of Lucifer, the fallen one, and he calls him Godriel. 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 And then we find in our translations of scripture, we find the word G O D in that. And mm. it's a generic term, it's not specific. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've, I think a lot of us have had a connection with the spiritual realm for a long time, but it takes us a while to figure out certain things, and we get led by the Spirit into all truth, as Scripture says. If we seek with our hearts, we will find Him. And so we can find Him in all sorts of different areas of life, and we can use different terminology. But it's interesting, the more I've gone on my walk, I've realized G-O-D means, God real means the fallen one, Satan, and then you look on the $1 bill, It's God in God we trust. Yet we know that's all totally Luciferian artwork on the one dollar bill on the one world government. Yeah. So in God we trust, which God? And and if you go to different countries, they've got many gods. So which one? And so I believe the GID is really referring to Lucifer. Uh, And we should be using the right names. Uh, I remember when I went to. working out at the gym, David Lloyd, I, I met a guy there and I called him Steve for a year. And then after a year, he told me your, his name was Simon. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I called him Steve for a whole year and he'd been really generous with me. Uh, but now I know his real name. I, I called him by his real name. And I think that's very similar. As, as believers, we, we start in one place, but then we start realizing, hold on, his real name isn't Yahdi. His real name is Elohim, the Creator of all things, Yahweh. Maybe I should be using his real name.
0: Yeah, that that makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, that was really funny what you just said because that happens to me so often. <laughs> I forget people's names, and I'm and I'm trying to find a sneaky way to get their name back out of them. And yeah. often, and often I'd say, "How do I pronounce your name again? How was it?" And they go, uh, "John." And, uh, yeah. and I like, oh yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. So I was hoping it was some kind of like Brazilian name or something. But um, I want to rewind a little bit, Tim. Um, you it. talking about the Book of Enoch? You saying that there was like he he explained the the dome that we lived within the firmament. Firmament. He does.
1: He talks about that we live in an enclosed
0: system. Is that oh. literally a dome? He's talking about. He does. He describes it very accurately. He, he he's on the he he goes
1: to the edge. He goes to Antarctica. He goes to the the outer perimeters.
0: Is this is this Enoch himself then?
1: That's Enoch himself. He describes the very cold conditions they are. So he, he, he's quite an amazing character in Scripture. He describes so much. Those books open up a lot. How did what's he get? Really does going he, on?
0: does he describe how he got there? Did he like on ship with a crew? Was it like? Jason and the Argonauts. How did he get to the edge of, like, you know, the edge of the world, then?
1: Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't... Well, yeah, it doesn't really describe that. It, it's... We know that the, the pre-flood world is far more highly advanced than people realise. OK? So, because a lot of people have been taught evolution, they think Pond Scum Monkey getting smarter, or maybe getting smarter... But actually, we were incredibly well made in the beginning. We were we were bigger. We were twelve foot, probably at least. Adam and Eve were twelve foot. I'm six foot
0: seven, so I'm not that tall in comparison with them. Everything was bigger in the pre-flood world. Yeah, they
1: had technology in the pre-flood world. You know, the pyramids could well be. Uh, Artifacts out of the pre-flood world. Quite a lot of the megalithic structures are probably pre-flood, and rediscovered post-flood.
0: So, do you do you yourself personally subscribe to the firmament idea that we're living in a dome, a bit like the Truman Show? Absolutely. I mean,
1: I, I came. It took. I came to that in around 2015. I mean, I like everybody else was taught that we live on a spinning ball. And, you know, the moon missions and all that stuff. And as you start going through, unraveling different things, 2015 was when the final blood red moon cycle happened, or called Tetrats, the blood red moons. A lot of your listeners have probably heard of them. And they're quite rare, but they happen over specific feast states, over Passover and Chakot tabernacles. And... After the last one in 2015 is when um, my mum was seriously ill in the hospital, and I went in, was praying for her. She's now out of the hospital; she's fine, her mind's back. Uh, but when she was being wheeled down for some MRI scans, I was talking to this uh, male nurse who's looking after her. Did a brilliant job for her, and it was exactly the same as my height as well. We just got talking about the financial system and the Bilderberg is the one world government. And then he said, oh, do you know about General Bird? And I think I'd come across a little bit on that. And I said, no, I not And he started to say, do you know that you live up upon the plains of the earth or flat earth? And you're, I didn't say it, but in your mind you're going, does that really make sense? You know, this sounds pretty crazy. But I knew enough to keep my mouth shut and just listen And then I went back and started doing research. So that was around September 2015. And at that time, there weren't very many of us searching this out. But boy, did it mushroom. Within 2016, it it was just absolutely all over. People are starting to rediscover that we live in the entire system. And uh, I felt a little bit out on my own as a, as a believer sharing this stuff. I mean, people thought I was absolutely totally crazy. Uh, one, I wanted to get out of Europe, so they weren't they were they weren't that keen on that. And then, in fact, you're sharing that you believe you now live in an enclosed system. Uh, it was definitely a very interesting time.
0: Because it it's one of those kind of hurdles. It's kind of like a stonewall for people that you can, you can take... ...people so far... ...but I suppose everybody's got this point... ...this line in the sand that they've drawn... ...you know I will believe... ...that there's possibly a new world order... ...but I won't believe that there's a satanic... paedophilia kind of like... uh, ...based cult behind it... ...or I might believe that... ...but I won't believe that the banking kind of... ...cartels are involved... ...or then it's it's just like a... a ...conveyor belt almost of... ...where do you get off... ...and like near the end I suppose... ...just before the reptilian station um just before the greys and the reptilians and maybe the archons you've got the flat earth um stop where you get off the train and not many people will get off with you there so that is kind of like a place where a lot of people will just say as soon as you mention that because it's used it's almost weaponized i'm not going to say what i believe it or disbelieve it as i'm here to interview you and see what your opinions are on this but it's almost as if like that's it's just weaponized. It's like conspiracy theory, or kind of rate the word racist or right wing. It's used as a weapon to close things down or to draw, draw draw that definitive line of like, well, now I know that that person is a nutter, so I don't have to engage with them any further. And I do wonder sometimes if these ideas, I'm not saying that one in particular, but there are lots of ideas that are perhaps put out into the ether by, let's say there's a controlling cabal, they put them out there so that it kind of muddies the waters so that for the kind of the general public out there, especially middle class people that may have taken notice, if they if they hear the words flat and earth together, they're going to roll their eyes say woo woo and and start reading The Guardian again and not worry too much about what anything <laughs> else you've got to say Do you see what I mean, Tim? I, I, I absolutely it, It's just been,
1: it's, it's- been a very interesting journey. I, I've, I've, you know, I've been there where I've taken a lot of flack and you know, you're over the target, when you get a lot of flack coming in your direction. Um, and then you go and look in scripture and you find actually, the scriptures actually describe exactly where we live very, very accurately. And they do not describe that we live on a spinning ball. They describe the firmament. And do you, think, it, is it, do you think there's? Do you think there's any? Becomes,
0: po- it, Go, sorry, it, Karen.
1: Where you live, where we live, is so important. If you know, if a general, a good general, wants to know where he's going to be fighting the battle, and he wants to pick the terrain that will best suit him, so he can then bring his army into the right positions to get a victory. Satan has very cunningly uh, created a battlefield that was suits him but once you realize you live in an enclosed system you start realizing i now know where i live and there isn't on this walk of discovering where i lived i found that i would meet people who were ex-atheists saying i came into this and i started looking i realized once i realized that i lived in an enclosed system, I had to ask the question, who made it? And then they found out that the Heavenly Father made it. And then they thought, well, who can we trust? We can't trust NASA. We can't trust the government. We can't trust the educational system. We can't trust the church or religion. So they started going back to the Torah, going back to Scripture.
0: It's amazing. Uh, So... uh Let's let's <laughs> in that enclosed system. The sun and the moon are within it, so they're they're inside it. Yeah, just going around. So it's a flat Earth model. I mean, I'm, I've I've kind of done some research into the flat Earth idea. So you've got the you've got the flat Earth as as um, depicted in the United Nations map. You have in plain sight because yeah. what the enemy has to do it has to put everything in plain sight. So then on top of that you've literally got like some kind of dome.
1: Correct. And Hillary Clinton talks about we're trying to crack the glass ceiling. And, and then you go back to uh, to General Byrd, and after he comes back, you then have Operation Dominic.
0: Are you My talking young- are you talking about Admiral Byrd who went over the Island Antarctic? Yeah, okay. yeah. and so right, you yeah. have some very interesting missions about trying to uh,
1: break or find out what the dome was. And that's why they're firing these uh, missiles up onto the, into the dome in the late 50s, early 60s. And if you go back and look at the photographs, you can see them actually hitting something up in the atmosphere and they mushroom, because they're trying to work out how big it is. So the way to work it out is they were firing missiles at so many miles apart and then you can
0: start figuring out how big this thing could be. So, so let's imagine this. Let's imagine that there's, I guess, obviously there's there's a cabal. You you believe there's a cabal running the the planet? I mean, I do as well. Um, yeah. Some kind of like dark, nefarious cabal. They're aware, though. They're, in your mind, they're aware that we we're living in a in a dome type situation, a firmament.
1: Yeah, they can't get out. That's why the fallen angels can't get out. They're stuck in the system.
0: And what do They're you th- what out. do you think's beyond that? What do you think's beyond this this dome? Okay, we, about, Okay, when,
1: when you look out, Paul said look, you can go look out. He told people, go and look. You can see the handiwork you of hand Heavenly Father with your natural eyes. You can see it. So all you have to do, because I'm right near the coast, I just go out. I look at the sea, sea level because the sea is always level. For, for over, well, since 2015, I just went out and I watched the sunrise and I watched the sunset and I watched it move across the ocean. And so you're observing it, you're using real science. It's observational, testable, repeatable. And you start realizing everything is closer than you, you imagine. and you start going, wow, this is awesome. You look up, You when you've got a blue sky day when they're not doing chemtrails, you look up and see a blue sky and that is water above. Just as it's described in scripture and above that is the firmament so you've got the firmament sorry then the water and then above that you have the plains of heaven so everything is a lot closer heaven is really close it's not that far away thousands of miles maybe
0: and you and not you billion, think and
1: trillions and just, of miles away right?
0: and so there's water above the firmament
1: there's water above yeah there's water below there's water on our plane and there's water above and it's described that way in genesis
0: so and, um, that's where the waters of the flood came from. So the firmament maybe was like opened or cracked and, the, and that, is that where the waters of the flood, the great flood came from? Yeah,
1: like the Milky Way, the galaxy is almost like a situate. It's like a, it's where the, that almost looks like where the window opened up. It looks like there's been a fracture there. And then you go and look at, there, there are I think sort of, uh, what they, they would say meteor strikes all over the earth but actually when you look at these big meteor type strike holes you realise they're not meteor strike holes they're geezers so they were you had water come up from below and water come down from above and some amazing uh, pictures of these big geezers which are all over the earth as well
0: loads of big geezers in Tottenham
1: yeah and that I know You start seeing because we've been taught so much of what we've been taught in school has been inaccurate. You're taught geology, but you're taught billions and millions of years, but it's not true. And then you're taught biology is wrong, our history has been tampered with, the dates have been tampered with. And so we're all having to go and, and, and test things out and learn it. We've got to be more inquisitive, more childlike again ask good questions, you know, how does this work? And so you ask, you know, and if you ask your how many father a good question, he'll give you a good
0: answer. So how old do so you, th- how, how old how does you, this work? How do you, how old do you think the earth is, Tim?
1: Probably no more than 6,000 years, if that.
0: All right. So uh, it's t- young, it's not old. Okay. So it's not billions of years. So if the, Earth is if the Earth is 6,000 years old, I mean, it's immediately a lot of people are going to say, what about things that are very ancient then? Like, I mean, Göbekli Tepe in um, Turkey that they've just dug up. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of that archaeological site, but it's been kind of dated to 12,000 years old. So how, how do we get away from that carbon dating system?
1: Well, that's all their dodgy science. They use dodgy dating systems, and they've always done that. Lots of dirty data from the let's follow the science guys. And why should we trust these people? I, I go back to scripture and I go back to see, hey, my heavenly father's not going to lie to me. So let's go back and check out here first.
0: But do you think there could be Absolutely. any any mistake in that kind of that calculation of six thousand years and um, perhaps it's like sixty thousand or six million years? Do you think that there could be any are you open to there being any uh, miscalculation I mean, there? I think
1: it's probably not going to be huge, huge amount. It's going to be... I know they could have fiddled with our, our dates in the last thousand years with their resets and things like that. And you look at the Tatarian society and things, there, there, there's some anomalies going on. Um, so, but I would still say it's young. I wouldn't say, it, you, you know, even if you push it up to 10,000, it's not. it's, it's not... It's probably
0: younger than older, because a lot can happen in a very short space of time. Yeah, no, yeah, I can I hear and you. because we're we evolutionary, talk big numbers, you think it's got to happen
1: over millions of years. Well, of course it has for evolution, because evolution doesn't work in
0: a closed system. See, this this, 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 this takes it can't me, happen. yeah. This really kind of makes me like. There's a question I was going to ask you like a bit later on, but it's kind of like pertinent now. It's like the nature of reality itself. Do you think? Perhaps there's multiple realities happening at the same time that we're all, all of us are experienced experience slightly different realities, but we're all on the same kind of plane. So, for example, in some realities, that in some dimensional realities here on Earth, on Terra, if you want to call it that, that some people yeah. are experiencing a round Earth that's four, four to six billion years old, and some people are experiencing a God-created kind of model under a firmament which is six to 10,000 years old. Some people are experiencing something else, completely different. Do you think there's a possibility of that?
1: Uh, I think that's an interesting theory. Um, I think we're, we live in the kingdom and we live in time. We live inside of time. The spiritual realm is outside of time. The kingdom is outside of time as much as in time. So you, he knows the beginning to the end. So if you're going to write a good good screenplay, you always start at the end and work to the beginning. And it says in scripture, he knew you and me before the foundations the world. So before this earth was even created, we are spiritual beings who already existed. And yet we're also seated with him in heavenly places. So the spiritual realm... You have to bring then you bring in the spiritual dynamic. And we're multi dimensional. We can be in heaven and we can be here. Yeah. I know people who, who 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 who've been to heaven and come back again. I know three or four people who've been dead for quite some time and come back to life. You know, so there's realms. You you got your different spiritual realms. Um, people could describe it as the fifth dimension, the quantum realm,
0: the spiritual realm, the kingdom realm They use slightly different terminology, but we're saying very much the same thing. See, and see, my my issue mate, like it. it, it can, if I consider what I've read and people that I've kind of researched quite a lot, like um, Rudolf Steiner and Dolores Cannon, to take two for example, they they both like. Uh, Dolores Cannon, being a past life regression expert, she's obviously she's no longer with us. She's passed passed away a few years ago. But in some of her regressions, she got information on like Atlantis, Lemuria. There was uh, she wrote a book called "Legend of Star Crash," which is a craft crashing in northern Canada, and um and the and the the inhabitants of that um, area are descendants of. The, the remnants of the craft, the people that survived, the aliens that survived, humanoids that survived in that craft. But the point is I'm making is where does all that fit in? Because they're people that I kind of like, I've, I've read a lot of. I mean, I've read, a, I've read a really complex book of Rudolf Steiner's called Cosmic Memory. And it talks about kind of the evolution of the Earth, the moon and the cycles. It's really kind of, kind of difficult to get your head around. But it gives but the point is i'm making it gives a kind of a, an overview of, of of the earth being in epochs this is not like a um, something that's six to ten thousand years old but something that's gone on for a very very long time so I wonder how these pieces of these jigsaw, various jigsaw puzzle pieces fit together that's what I'm always trying to do is find like a, a general overview that I can say well that looks that looks like something that we can believe in because that person, that person, that person and this person are saying very similar things. So where is Atlantis in the 6,000 year model if you believe in Atlantis at all? The pre flood world. So but within 6,000 years? Yeah, the pre flood world was Atlantis. Okay. When you
1: look at the original uh, creation, uh, it was all one landmass and it was shaped like a flower says in scripture. And so you had the true north, the Garden of Eden is in the north, and it's still there, the tree of life, Mount Maru is in the north. And so when you look at the pre flood world, it looks very much like Atlantis, how it's laid out. And so it was destroyed by a worldwide flood. And so that memory is there. And so when they come into the new world after the flood and set up again they also rebuild a lot of the things that they remember so they rebuild in uh i think there's one in africa there's one in the mediterranean where they rebuilt atlantis or, or cities very similar in shapes to what they originally had
0: so basically so you y- so the only you difference have remembrance and then you rebuild what you've lost and that's why when you look at egypt they're always
1: trying to go back over the water back to the past back to what they've lost they've lost even they're trying to go backwards to it
0: so basically the only di- real difference here is, is a timeline really kind of like the amount of years so i mean you, you, your belief system is kind of like similar to many kind of people who are into metaphysics and ancient lost ancient secret histories but yours is just a bit kind of like more condensed yours is within ten thousand years other people could, might be it, like measuring I, I, in i, I could I, I could be wrong but that that's absolutely that's where where I, it seems to fit
1: because you just if you live inside uh a place that is within time yet outside of time you're a time like dr who right um Our Heavenly Father is a Time Lord. You sure is a Time Lord. He can travel in time. He's in the past as much as he's in the present and the future. So do all our existence happen all at the same time within the the confines of the kingdom? Could be. Can we have access to memories from the past? Yeah, I believe that's true too because there have been tests done with television where people have picked up shows that have been transmitted in the air 40 years earlier
0: maybe they're bouncing off the firmament in the present so you know there's some
1: very interesting stuff that we're, we're sort of grasping we've got little bits of it here and there and we're starting to put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together and go okay it's a little bit different than what we thought it was we we you can have access to the past but you can be in the present, but you can also see the
0: future. So in it, the spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, you can see into the future, but you can also see into the past. So in this in this model, the moon's a lot smaller and the sun's a lot smaller, because yeah. it's it's not like millions of miles away. And and I can't I don't remember the proposed it's um Three million miles away, the sun's mentally. Yeah. And it's um. Two hundred fifty thousand. Is that how far away it is? Approximately, I think the moon's around that, 249 minutes, you know, but yeah, 40, yeah. It, they're, they're
1: close and then when you observe them, you, you go and look at the moon, you can see all the pictures of the moon with your, with your eyes, without a telescope, and then you go and look at the moon landings and you go, there's some real strange stuff going on here, for one it's all black, there's no stars. They can't see any stars. But technically, they're closer. They should see them better. And then when you look at the Earth in the original footage, it's small. The Earth is far bigger than the Moon. If you were on the Moon looking back to the Earth, the Earth would be massive.
0: So how do we explain the tiny Earth then? <laughs> how did it, the... Exactly, because it's been photoshopped, because it has to be. Yeah. Everything, everything through NASA. The
1: interesting thing is there, um, there's sort of, um, there are certain laws which are eternal, which are true at all times. And there's specific ones, especially connected with common law or eternal law. And one of them is, you can only control that which you create. You cannot control what you do not create. The only true title to anything the MSO, the manufacturer Statement, original. So, who controls what you create? If you go to NASA and ask who are the founders of NASA, we find out it's Jack Parsons, who's influenced by Aleister Crowley, the occultist, Ron Halbert, Scientology, Walt Disney, 33-degree Mason, Stanley Kubrick, who did the moon landing swarm and Von Braun, out of Operation Paperclip. Um, those are the founding people of NASA. They create NASA. They create it. They own it. They create that narrative. But they're
0: all the culprits. And do you think that they're all aware of the, the actual real reality, as in your mind, that they were in a firmament?
1: Well, one of them did, and that was von Braun.
0: So he knew...
1: Von Braun knew no rocket could ever go out of the dome. That's why when anyone looks at any rocket launch, they never go straight up. They always go out from Cape Canaveral out to the Bermuda Triangle where they're picked up. They never go straight up because they can't get out. So they shoot them beyond the sight line.
0: But if they're going to the moon, if if they're supposed to be going to the moon and the moon's within the dome... They could get yeah. to the moon theoretically then.
1: You could, but, but you, it, when, the third, they haven't gone that far up. But when, when you go and look at the records to find out how far people have gone, they haven't gone that far up. Mm. So they've never gone to the moon.
0: So what,
1: what, what, what are a strong... I think it's about 75 miles. It's, it's not that
0: far up. What, that they've got to yeah. in rockets?
1: Yeah, they they haven't actually gone very far up because it's there's no oxygen up there, and it gets really really cold. The further up you go,
0: no oxygen, and you freeze. But don't they, they like, don't they have the don't light light they have a? The wouldn't it gets they just really, argue? Really wouldn't they argue it that it they've to got to the run equipment run. to deal with that though? So they're taking oxygen with them and heating and heating and suits and things. That's that would be their argument that they're taking. You know, they know it's cold. I mean space is supposed to be minus whatever a few hundred degrees or whatever it is. So they they've got their suits and they've got their kind of heat heated elements within that and they've got heated kind of shuttle. Is that so what are we seeing when we see the space shuttle? When you see that footage or from the space station, is that all photoshopped? It's all photoshopped.
1: It's all in the studio photoshopped and a lot of the stuff they shoot
0: is actually they shoot it in big water tanks. I wonder what they what is what are they gaining from all of that from all of that secrecy and that massive cuz they could just say we can't go up there. Why would they even bother to pretend to be going up there?
1: Okay. Right, you mentioned the cabal right at the beginning, right? Cabal. Uh cabal,
0: global cabal. Yeah. State
1: globalism, fail worship. mm mm-hmm. Mhm heliocentrism, sun worship. So they they created this, a, a, a counterfeit to the original. And it fits their purpose to do that because if you believe they own that they control it because they created that narrative. If they can get you and others to believe in that narrative, they control you too. And it's to do with energy, it's to do with free energy. Mm. And then once you live in an enclosed system, then what Tesla talks about makes sense, about the free energy and drawing energy out of the ether, out of the environment. And because it's, we live in an electromagnetic world and it's works by frequency vibration releases power and energy You and I are electromagnetic, we're analog, not digital. And so once you start realizing that, you control people by money and power. So your fiat system is they used to print money on paper, whether it be a five pound note or a 50 pound note, it's the same paper, but one's worth more than the other. And it doesn't cost much to print it either. So they're printing money very cheaply. Now it's just done on the computer screen. So that's why they could do all this scandemic and release all this money.
0: They just put it on the computer screen. It doesn't exist. Yeah, a policy. Money is a, an illusion. I think we can all and agree on the that. With, you need to do
1: the same with, with, with power. So it's how you control by power and money. And we have free energy in this country. And we've had it since before the Second World War. And how they've hidden that is they make out that energy is expensive to make it's dirty. Now we've got to clean it all up. Now we're gonna have to tax you more. Because of global warming, we've got to save the spinning ball model. And you're all guilty because you've been driving cars, burning wood fires, right? And actually they've been producing the energy free and cheaply for years but making you pay lots of money for
0: it so how have they been producing the that's three... a great con isn't it so how have they been doing that what are the what are the nature of the nuclear power stations the coal, coal burning stations the gas burning stations the hydro dams what are they all doing well
1: you, you, you've got to have something out there to look like you're doing something so you have a few of these things around to make out that that's how you're doing it but you're actually doing it by a different way. It's like we've got windmills stuck out at the coast here. They're an eyesore. They destroy lots of wildlife, especially the birds. They cause electromagnetic issues with the the seabed and the fish. You have to put down a house load of concrete down there, which is apparently not eco-friendly for each windmill. Then they're made of stuff that doesn't break down very easily and rust. So they're put out there just to look good, and then when you find out
0: who's actually funding it, who benefits from it, you find out that the people benefiting it from it are part of the nefarious government. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard, I've heard a lot of negative stuff about those windmills. That they kind of, by the time you've paid for the the, the building of them and the, the energy that goes into producing one of those windmills, is kind of negates any kind of positive effect they have. So, I've kind of I've, I've, exactly. I've heard that repeated. Absolutely. Absolutely, and then they charge people for the privilege of doing it, knowing full well that they're lining their own pockets. Let that me let me just good. ask you one more question on the firmament, because you know, it's a it's a major thing. It's like really is kind of like the the kind of basis of our reality in the age of the Earth and everything else. So, what are, yeah. what are people seeing when they when they're looking at in telescopes? I've got a telescope myself. Um, when yep. people are looking across the Milky Way or they're looking outside into the universe and, a, and, and astronomers are seeing all these distant galaxies and distant realms or distant planets, what, what are they seeing? Is that just something that's printed on the inside of the firmament or is that beyond the firmament? They're, they're,
1: they're, they're seeing stars within the firmament and it says in scripture, he put the stars into place and that gives us times and seasons. And... all the stuff of the galaxies outside of that, that's all being made up with CGI. The stars you can see with your natural eyes and you can see with a moon telescope. And if you've got a, a LUMEX 900, you can take pictures of the stars and you realize they're not quite what you think they are. Uh, they're like electromagnetic, and you, they're chromatic. And they, 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 they change color. They're fascinating, like twinkle, twinkle little star they are they they twinkle they're not anything like the cgi stuff
0: we see from nasa so all the distant planets and when they show like distant galaxies and i mean but that would take kind of the coercion or collusion of lots of lots of astronomers around the world because there's, there's people with independent kind of owned telescopes that are looking out and seeing these things and if they know like the physics of the lenses and how far away that's going to be seeing, and where they have what kind of distance that would that would be, surely someone other, lots of other scientists and astronomers would have said by now, "Hold on a minute, we're just seeing stuff that's just really close up."
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I've had the privilege uh, of asking pilots about when they fly an aircraft, do you have to keep pushing the joystick down? They look at me really strange when I ask the question. They say, of course not. Once you get up to, to the level, you just keep it level. That's why it's called an airplane. You fly at level height. Um, and same with astrologers, when they're looking up, they're seeing a lot of the stuff that they've been taught. They're seeing something maybe not what they're actually seeing like pilots are taught to fly by instruments and not go by what they're seeing outside. And we get indoctrinated. So we're looking at something, but actually not seeing what it really is anymore, because we've been told it's something different. And it takes a while to break that cognitive dissidence away. And then when they start seeing it, they go, ah, now I can really see what I'm looking at. Because they're seeing what they think they should be seeing.
0: So, but th- th- there are, there is, there is stuff beyond the firmament. There's water, so it's just solid water. Um, you got water, and then you got the, the, the realms of heaven. You got the spiritual of uh, the planes of heaven. So, could they should... not? Could they not be seeing through the the water and into kind of heaven itself? Could that not be the case?
1: It says in Revelations that they look through the crystal sea back towards us. So they're looking back through the water towards us, but we can't look through to see to see them. We can see the the foam, we can see the stars, we can see the sun and the moon are close, but we can't see all the way through unless we see with our spiritual eyes.
0: Because I've, it's it's basically it's similar to saying that there's a domed city under the ocean. We you could say that was kind of our model, wouldn't it be? It'd be like you you.
1: you. Pretty, you're pretty accurate when you say that. We live inside the ball rather than on top of it. We live inside a toroid of, of electromagnetic energy, and on the outside of that is the water. I mean, you, what you described is actually is, is described in scripture, and a lot of the ancient cultures would, would go with really you on that. That's how they saw it too.
0: So let, let, let's let's just hypothesize about UFOs for a moment. Just because they come in and out, let's say that like, I mean I've you know I've, I've ingested a lot of ufology over the years, read many books and listened to many interviews and and read many essays and articles about UFOs, watched lots of stuff and seen stuff myself as well. And I know friends. I've got a couple of friends, at least three or four, perhaps that have had close encounters. So these craft, they must all be originating from within the firmament if they can't get in, unless they're they kind of, um, they're materialising inside. And if they are, where are they coming from? Are they coming from just, they must be coming from different dimensions then?
1: Yeah, they're in inter- they're the fourth dimension. They're interdimensional. they can appear, they can manifest and disappear. And they do very strange things as well. They may, you know, if there's anyone on board, they'd have been, you know, they did suddenly do huge, quick turns and, the,
0: the, the dimensional, air,
1: interdimensional aircraft, the spacecraft, so uh, you,
0: which the script describes as what uh, chariots of fire. So do you, do you subscribe? Often I hear people who are into biblical kind of revelation. They have a an, an, their idea is that most, if not all of these alien visitors are all the fallen angels. Is that what you believe? That's what the Book of Enoch would describe. That's what scripture
1: described, that they are the fallen angels and they have access to these craft. Absolutely. And that's really what Hitler was looking for when he sent out his guys to Antarctica and set up New Swaziland. And then when General Berg went down there, they had encounters with the fallen angels. And they described that and then shortly after that america starts having more abductions happening in the fo- after 48. that's
0: because interesting yeah because for that the, nothing then to you've got the connections with america signing
1: a treaty with the fallen angels to get their technology then you've got the dumbs start you know what goes on then in them and so things start to connect with why why people start getting abducted especially in america uh especially certain blood types um and are always interested in reproduction
0: yeah they like a bit in of egg and egg and sperm yeah they like a bit of egg and sperm um pilfering. They too, because they, they've been involved in trying to recreate the hybrid race the Nephilim from the past so do you think any of these because a lot of these UFO sightings um, a lot of the craft and the beings are very different and they're not all just the greys and they're not all just reptilian but there's like pleadians, and there are tall whites and Nordics and there's friendly reptilians and there's slightly taller greys. It's like, you know, I've got a book sitting on my desk at the moment with about 140 types listed in there. I'm sure some of them live in wood green but do you, think any, do you think any of them could be friendly, benevolent beings that are also visiting here, or do you think they're all fallen angels all materialising within the firmament? We're in the battle of good and evil, and there are more good angels working with us than, than bad. That's what I want to hear, Tim. But That's what I was heading and, to.
1: <laughs> and angels are, in Scripture described, they are quite unusual they are far more unusual than we think now some of them look like us some of them are bigger than us but some of them are, are, are quite interesting so are people encountering them as well absolutely
0: so we're, and, we're uh, seeing we're seeing good benevolent beings as well then
1: we are I think we're seeing good good as well good and evil and um, it's understanding both. We, we 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 okay. We've been talking about it, a lot to understand scripture. is to understand some very simple things in the book of Genesis, Gen three, fifteen. I'll make enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of Satan. It's a seed war. It's a genetic war, and we've been in a genetic war over the last two years. Yeah, that's true. The PCR tests are all about being connecting
0: people's DNA. Let's check, see what your ancestry is. What's about your DNA? We're going to get on to the, to the, we're going to get onto the we're going to get onto the. interested
1: the in DNA, but they had a better way of collecting it. And that's through a PCR test. So they're collecting people's DNA because they're wanting to create hybrids. They're wanting to create a hybrid race that is no longer made in the image of your heavenly father you're
0: no longer human. You'll be owned. Let me let me just... Let's let's just kind of finish this one... Let's kind of finish the kind of bigger overview thing before yeah, we get right. to the scandemic, um, as you referred to earlier. Where do you think... do you, If at all, do you think they're reptilians or the archons, if you're familiar with them? Do you think they... How do they fit into the firmament, the cabal, the overall picture there? Are they under the ground in the firmament? Like some people believe that there's... Kind of like the hell is actually below the ground, and that's where some of these bad reptilians reside. Do you do you subscribe to any of that? Yeah, I think the underground bases of dumbs throughout the earth have proved that. Um,
1: you you got the yes, you've got the reptilians. You had David Icke talking about that from very early on, talking about the royal family and others. Uh, I've met people. I know people who, who had experiences of shape-shifting when they've been working in, in certain places where they've seen their so-called high-powered bosses shift into different forms. Um, they feed off our good people's energy. The, the Nepalese were cannibals, the giants were cannibals. We know what uh, was going on at Steen Island and all those things. So there is some pretty nasty stuff that has been exposed and revealed over the last couple of years. Mm. People are far more aware uh, of what they've been doing with children and so
0: forth. So we're going to leave part one of our interview with Timothy John there. I'll release the second part in a few days' time. If you found it interesting or informative in any way and you'd like to share the link, please feel free to do so. Send the link on Anchor to anyone you think may enjoy listening to any of my podcasts. This is Galactic Zoo. I'm Tony morezi Hope you enjoy that once again. We'll be back with part two of the Timothy John interview in a few days time. Thanks and God bless. Zoo. To Galactic Zoo.
1: To Galactic Zoo. To Galactic Zoo. To Galactic Zoo. To galactic zoo.